without a trace of doubt, the universe, consciousness, God, divine intelligence has our back. Hi, everybody. This is Diane Gilman, formerly the Queen of Jeans on HSM, but now the proud author and host of book and podcast, Too Young to Be Old. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever had something happen to you and you thought, wait a minute here, is this a message? Is this a sign? And for some reason you believed in that and it changed your life radically? Well, our guest, Sophia Dimas, has written a book about it called The Divine Language of Coincidence, How Miracles Transformed My Life After I Began Paying Attention. And we're going to get started with Sophia, and then I'm going to tell you my personal story, which is twofold, of how two totally freaky and disparate coincidences honestly turned around, shaped, and molded the rest of my life from like 45 years old on. And if I had not believed that coincidences could be miracles, I probably would not have acted on them, ever gotten on television, ever become a rock star of middle-aged jeans. So I'm all in there with you, Sophia. Welcome to our podcast, Too Young to Be Old. What a superb book, a book I truly would say to our audience, it will broaden your viewpoint about how you live your life and take advantage of signs and messages. So, Sophia, tell me, what brought you to write this book? Um, well, I from uh, early on, um, these things would happen to me, and people would say, <clears throat> these things only happen to you. And I found it annoying because I'm not special. I'm not a saint. I'm not a guru. And um, and this started at the age of 19. That's when I I saw that what I got was exactly what I needed at the right time. And, and that started having me pay attention. And then in 2011, I reconnected with a, a childhood friend and told her my latest miracle. And she says, oh, Sophia, these things only happen to you. And something clicked because of the number of events that happened. And when I sat down and figured out that before the miracle, there was a coincidence. And if I had let it go, it would have remained a coincidence. But, and you said it, Diane, I took action every time. And that is what brought the miracle. 
So I recently did a solo podcast on living under uh, an umbrella of gratitude for my life, even though I've had a very rocky life with a lot of challenges most people would not want to deal with. And um, I said in my solo podcast before I met you, so it truly freaked me out when I met you, that you are one of two kinds of people. Either you see everything as a coincidence or you recognize miracles. And so to the audience, very quickly before Sophia begins, I'm going to tell a story. And part of it you didn't hear, Sophia. So it's a two-pronged story. So when I was about 41 years old, I was in every my name, every department store in America. I brought washable silk to America. And it was department store mania at that time. But the rubber on the tread had worn thin because I wasn't getting paid. They were not fulfilling my contract. They were a huge Hong Kong consortium. I was stupid enough to sue them. And actually was just the scariest thing in my life. So I'm paying exorbitant lawyer fees like 30000 40000 a month, and I'm down to my last penny, and the phone rings. Now, I can't work. I can't design because I can't use my name, Diane Gilman, on a label or a hang tag. And it's, hello? And I'm thinking, oh, my God, it's a bill collector. It's a law firm asking for more money. And it's like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah from QVC. And we want to know if you'd like to go on TV. And I said, this is not funny. I don't know if you think this is a joke, but who is this? And she said, no, 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 this is QVC. And we want you on air. They were looking for big names from department stores to come on to TV, tell retail. And I said, well, you're just not calling at the right time if you're for real. I can't use my name. And so I thank you very much. And I thought, oh my God, now I can be even more depressed. And she said, oh, we've got a lot of designers like you on there. It's no problem. We'll just call you Diane. And that coincidence slash miracle, because I had never uh, tried to get in touch with them at all. I don't even know how they got my personal phone number. Of course, they were in cell phones at the time. That totally redirected my life. But here's part that I didn't tell you, Sophia. So I'm just doing business out of my home and had an old clunky fax machine and it had sort of broken down, didn't have even the money to get it fixed. But I also didn't have a housekeeper. And so underneath the fax machine was this giant dust bunny and just this short strip of paper. Didn't even have paper in the fax machine anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's great. I say yes to QVC, but I have no way to produce this clothing or the money to produce it, to buy the fabric, to pay the labor. About a month previously, I had spoken to the head, a female head of a huge consortium of factories in China, 
and said, would you be willing to partner with me? And her answer was, no, not at this time. I'm not ready for something like that. So now I have a way to kind of get out of my problems, but no way to actually execute it. So I'm thinking to myself, it couldn't get worse. I get out the broom. I get out the vacuum cleaner. I think I better broom out the dust bunnies and then vacuum, but I don't want to vacuum up this piece of paper. I pick it up and it's a handwritten fax from that woman saying, I'm ready now. And that is how I was able to put together a television career that lasted 30 years. And can you imagine if I had had a housekeeper in the house who just picked up the paper, crumpled it up, threw it in the garbage, and I never knew that by some miracle, I had just put together unintentionally the biggest deal in my life. So I saw those two events marrying together as a major miracle. Now, Sophia, did you have a series of events in your life that I many people might have just said, yeah, it's just a coincidence, but for you, it was a miracle or created a miracle? I had experiences where um, anyone would see how uh, this is beyond beyond coincidence. I mean, it's it's beyond. And I could give you examples if you'd like. Please. Okay. <clears throat> so my basic philosophy is that there's a divine intelligence that knows what's best for us better than we do. Because we can start manifesting stuff that's not good for us, you know? So, so I believe that this divine intelligence communicates with us in very creative ways, through dreams, through people, through coincidences, all right? That's basically how it's happened with me. So I don't believe that one miracle is bigger or lesser than another miracle, okay? But there are some that are more important, okay? So I will give you two little fun coincidences and what they yielded, okay? <clears throat> so one, both have to do with my wedding. So Frank and I decided we were getting married on 4th of July and we picked the date for 4th of October. That's just three months, okay? And uh, so the venues were taken, musicians were taken, but I didn't care. We're going to have a fun wedding no matter what. So first one. And you can vote and tell me which one you think is stranger, okay? So the, <laughs> so the, the first one, I dial my friend Anne, and a guy gets on the phone that's not her husband. And I said, is Anne there? And this man recognizes my voice and goes, Sophia, is that you? Listen, it's Jerry. You called me. Uh, look, I'm running late for a meeting. I just got out of the shower. Uh, uh, can I call you later? I said, Jerry? I, I, I know this guy socially, okay? I said, before you, I said, you have to promise me, promise me you're going to call. 
He says, I promise. I said, just give me your number real quick. And I had dialed the wrong number with the last digit. Okay. The last digit. So he calls me. As a result of that phone call, at the time, he owned the Barclay Hotel here on Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia, which is this old world <clears throat> hotel. <clears throat> and as a result, he offered me the ballroom for the wedding and, and uh, kicked in two nights in the presidential suite. Oh, my God. Okay. How fabulous. Okay, that's number one. So I, I, what that's are the a odds? miracle. Okay, the, that's a miracle. Okay, that I is mean, crazy. Okay. So second one. Um I get a call. Uh, now the my second career after architecture, I uh had a um I ran a, a couture design, fashion design uh business. So I get a call from this woman and she says um, may I speak with Sophia Dimas? And I said, this is her. And she said, well, I found your driver's license in Rittenhouse Square. And I went, oh, wow. Because um, I hate uh, carrying bags in the, in the winter. So I had lost my driver's license. And, and we found out that she only lived two blocks away and uh, from my house. And I said, well, just drop it through the mail slot. So she does with a lovely little note about, uh, it was just a lovely note about Oregon because that was an Oregon driver's license. So two months later, I get a call, same woman. Hi, this is Lisa Marie. Uh, I know this is going to sound strange to you. You know, I found your driver's license. I found your ATM card. I what? So I would go to this ATM where it spit spit it out right away. Well, this one keeps it and says, would you like another transaction? Well, I left. The next person could have wiped out my whole bank account. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's her. It's her. Oh she my God. Finds, she finds my ATM card. So she says, would you like me to drop it in your mail slot? I said, no, we've got to meet. Okay. We have got to meet. So I invited her over to the salon. As a result of that meeting, we find out that she is a concert violinist and offers to uh, to play my favorite concerto. She got the um, the classic guitarist that played in the four star restaurant here, and together. They played Concierto de Ranjuez, my favorite piece of music, as I walked down the aisle. Okay. Now, what you know, you have to ask yourself this question, Sophia. What are the odds? What are the odds? So I'm going to tell a very quick story myself, since I'm such a believer in miracles. So I knew something was wrong with me. I didn't want to deal with it. I was flying to Europe once a week, every week of every month of the year to do TV over there, then flying back here to do TV. Kept telling myself I don't have time to take care of myself. I've always been healthy. No, no, no. Wrong. So I knew something was wrong. I went to see a doctor who had done a very simple procedure on me for my cervix. He said, go get an breast x-rays, sonograms. The news comes out and it's horrible. 
it's Christmas Eve. I hesitate to call him. I don't want to wreck his family thing, but I do. He says, I'm going to put you together with somebody. I have no idea who he's talking about, but you're going to get a text in a minute. I get the text and I'm going to meet this doctor at Mount Sinai Hospital January 5th. I have no idea who she is or what she does, but do you know he put me together with the head of all cancer surgery. And she has had five bestsellers on the New York Times navigating breast cancer. I didn't even fill out paperwork. They speed railed me in. And here I had the number one expert in the United States dealing with my very, very scary situation. And I don't believe in a million years I would have ever gotten that doctor at that status level had I started to go through all the bogged down red tape and paperwork and waiting and uh, getting assigned. So I took that instantly as a complete miracle. And the next miracle was she looked me up and down said, well, you look like a perfectly healthy person with a localized disease in a part of your body you don't need. Okay, I'll go for that. And she set the tone for two years of treatment with hope, with efficiency. And I considered that, and I considered her, Dr. Alyssa Port, the freaking miracle of a lifetime and gave me back my life. So I'm with you and I'm going to ask you, you've been asked to speak at so many impressive events about coincidence. What was your theme of your speeches and what were you setting out to do there? Convince people to open up their eyes and their hearts to miracles or what? Okay. So <clears throat> What's astounding to me is that scientists have gotten interested in both of my books, okay? Yes, that is amazing and fabulous. Um, so, because there are so many miracles that to write in the book that I, had, I started plucking out all the ones that had to do with death, and that's my second book. So... I knew that there were scientists that uh, studied consciousness. I had no idea that there were scientists that study coincidence, okay? So there's this outfit in the UK. It's called the Scientific and Medical Network. And you should look it up because it's a bunch of scientists uh, studying all kinds of uh, a paranormal uh, you know, things like ESP, NDEs. <clears throat> so I'm so, writing this down as you speak. Okay. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Well, the executive director of SMN, his name is uh, uh, David Lorimer, has become my fan. And I was invited um, once, a, once a month, he does a book review. He interviews a scientist and does a book review. So I was the person he reviewed for September. And then he invites me 
to join a group of scientists uh, and help plan and participate in the Synchronicity Summit. I was the only 14 of us, and I was the only non-academic, non-scientist. And I figured out that they needed me as much as I needed them, okay? Because here's this little lady, and all these things happened to her. It's the things that we research and study. So they were validating my experiences, but I was validating their research. So uh, it was fantastic. It was just amazing. And, and they, these scientists were using words like divine and God. And I'm like, wow, that's just amazing. They're catching up to us, you know? Wow. You know, so, and, and so the, the, the examples that I gave, look how easy it would have been when Jerry said, um, I'll call you later. And I would go, Oh, you don't have to call me. This was a, this was a, a, a wild wrong number. I have nothing to talk to you about. Or when the, when Lisa Marie said, um, I'll just put your ATM in the, in the slot. I could have said, perfect, you know, but isn't this wild, but it's the taking action. It's, and then because when you take action, you and this divine intelligence co-create the miracle. It's a co-creation. How interesting. You know, the, the other part of the story about getting the head of all breast cancer surgery at Mount Sinai, and actually the number one expert in America was, I wasn't even going to call my doctor friend back because I didn't want to interrupt him on Christmas Eve. And I thought back and forth about it and back and forth. And I thought, well, okay, I probably should call him because he sent me there. So I called him and the prognosis was terrible. So it was really urgent that I get care um, and a real diagnosis. And he said, Diane, I can only talk to you for one second. And I thought, yeah, because it's Christmas Eve. And no one has time for me and I'm sick. And he said, no, because I'm sailing out of New York Harbor on a cruise and I've got about 30 seconds left. He said, and I'm not going to, I'm telling you, you're going to be okay. I've got to call my friend, Dr. Alyssa Port. Okay. So I get off the phone with him. I wasn't even going to call him, but I called him. He calls Alyssa Port, catch this. She's in an airplane already cruising down the runway and five feet off the runway, ascending, going to Marrakesh for two weeks. But if you've ever been in a plane and you've been in the middle of texting or an email, you know that up until about 100, 150 feet off the ground, you're still getting reception. And she had enough time to text him, yes, and then text me and say, meet, meet me in Mount Sinai by this door, January 5th at 8 a.m. I'm coming straight from uh, JFK Airport. And then she lost reception and couldn't get a hold of her. So if you want to look at life in a very blah, monochromatic way, you say, eh, it's all coincidence. But if you really want to go full throttle, 
heartfelt, multicolor, you're going to recognize miracles. And I'm going to ask you to give a short explanation to our Too Young to Be Old audience how if you are somebody who is scared of the unknown or scared of that fifth dimension or not sure, how do you sort out what's coincidence and what's miracle? What part of you does that and how do you feel about it? Well, coincidences happen to everyone, okay? They happen to everybody. Um, But once, and I I don't understand the fear. I I don't understand the fear because this divine intelligence is the same as love. And when you know that this divine being, whatever you want to call it, I call it God normally, when you know that this being wants us to be happy and find our true purpose, just like what happened to you, okay? So I have to ask you, Diane, why would anyone be afraid of this? I mean, I know welcome. that I, I will tell you that I have always believed in that divine intelligence. I've always believed in consciousness after death. I've had many psychic and spiritual experiences with that, but it makes people very uncomfortable to talk about it. And in fact, I had a friend who was married to a doctor and a scientist, and I related a spiritual experience I had had as a young child who would have no way of making it up or even I, and frankly, I put it out of my mind until I was old enough to sort of dissect it. She never spoke to me again. These people think you're weird. They want to be in a very compact world where everything is boxed and packaged for you. Yeah. But That's now, what I think. But now we have the scientists, you know, which like is so great. This- putting the stamp, you know, and also, as I said before, you know, the, um, these miracles could be, they're all, not one is bigger than the other, but, and I'm not going to go into this. I mean, if somebody wants to know, they can read the book, but I left my husband in 2009 because this wonderful, mild-mannered man happened to be a super rager and for, and he would explode at nothing, you know, and he tried everything. And I finally, I went bye-bye because I could, you know, because it was all because of childhood issues. I left and it got to the point where I decided I never wanted to see this man ever again. Okay. Three things happened within two months. I, it was amazing. A, a friend invited me to go, come live with her um, that I didn't even know. She became a friend later. I didn't even know her. I knew her through someone else. Three amazing things. One was because of A Course in Miracles. The second one was because of my husband's wedding ring. And the third one was 
it was a reading in Maui by this kinesiologist. But the way I found out that she was in Maui is just, I, I still don't believe these things. Okay, after those three things happened, we got back together. And I am now married to my ideal life companion. He hasn't had one episode since 2009. Now, was that this is a bigger miracle? No, it's just like the other wacko coincidences that I acted on. But this one's more important because my marriage was saved. So again, taking action each and every time. So I, I just invite people to welcome, to welcome these things in. And it's also been researched that the more you believe, the more these things happen to you. Oh, I think absolutely. Because I think it's a matter of recognizing, recognizing it. You can ignore signs and you can ignore somebody could be blasting right in front of you. Hey, look at me. If you just look at me and recognize me, I'm going to change your life. But, you know, um, when that happened to me with uh, the doctor, I thought, what would be the odds that I know somebody and they know the whole head of cancer research and surgery at Mount Sinai? And without even trying, that's who I get. And my case was so challenging. And she saved my life. I mean... Those and in many, many occurrences like that throughout my life, where because I so believe in the mystical and the power of God, I took the sign as a message, an actionable message. Would you not say? I would say belief and trust in yourself is the greatest challenge to getting to seeing coincidence and miracles for what they are. Would you not say that it all has to do with what you believe in or what you even allow yourself to believe okay, in? Okay, that's how you start. That's how you start. Because when I was 19, I, I had, I had, two main issues that I felt were unsolvable, unsolvable. And uh, uh, two things happened that married together. Okay. I met a man and I had a dream. And because of those, those two things that happened and me taking action, my issues were solved. And that was not lost on me. So I didn't start out. Actually, uh, I have to say that, you know, I, 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 somebody asked me uh, on a, on a, a, a radio show, uh, why did I think that so many of these happen, things happened to me? Like, how was I so open? And you know what I think it is? My mother was extremely religious. 
And as a little toddler, from a little toddler, she would talk about little Jesus and the little Virgin Mary, and that if you needed anything, you asked little baby, little Jesus. In Greek, it's a diminutive. Um, that's my first language. And then if you want protection, you ask the little Virgin Mary, you know. And I think what happened is from a child, I saw it as perfectly natural to communicate with unseen beings. I think. Oh, okay. Now I'll tell you what happened to me. So we lived in Los Angeles in Homeby Hills in a old Spanish style home, which is very LA, right? It had a sunken living room and we moved in there when I was about three years old. My bedroom was the next room over from this gigantic walk down living room. And the house came with a piano, a grand piano. I couldn't ever figure like why, but there were two huge arched windows in the living room looking out on the garden and the street and the piano was in between. And so uh, my parents' bedroom was way down at the end of a hall. I'm sleeping and I hear music and I hear piano music and it's beautiful and it's complex and it's intense. And I remember many times as a little girl, three years old, four years old, getting out of bed, tiptoeing down the hall, going down the steps in the living room and there were two illuminated in the dark white gloves playing this piano. I never said anything because I had a set of parents that were, there was nothing ever going to infiltrate that was spiritual. Everything had to be very physical, totally explainable, totally understandable. At my father's memorial service and the the event afterwards. I asked my mother, I said, you know, do you remember that Spanish house we lived in? I said, I used to see these phosphorescent white gloves and hear this incredible music. And what was that piano doing in the house? And she said, did you ever wonder how we could afford that house? And I said, frankly, yeah, it was gigantic. And she said, because there was a European concert pianist who had escaped World War II, come to America, written this amazing concerto, couldn't sell it because classical music was dead, and he committed suicide sitting on that piano bench in front of his beloved piano. So even as a little three-year-old, I was seeing spirits and thinking, no way to explain this way except extraordinary, but no, no support around me for ever sharing that. And I think that is um, one of the biggest challenges is if you are someone who does believe in the divine and does believe in coincidences, many of them 
being miracles. Um, you don't feel free to share it because you're going to be last man out. You're going to be like, whoa, she's strange. So if you have one thing, one big thought left to say about living with miracles and the power of synchronicity, because we are really way over time because this is so interesting. What would you say to our audience? Uh, that without a trace of doubt, the universe, consciousness, God, divine intelligence has our back. And we invite it. We say, please. And, and in, my, uh, in the divine language of coincidence, it's basically a, a memoir. So it's, the events are chronological, except for two chapters. Uh, one is titled, Please, and the other one is Thank You. So what I want people to know that this really works, you say, please, you ask, and then you say, thank you. I go around all day saying, thank you. Yes. That is so true. And, you know, I'm going to leave our audience of Too Young to Be Old and, and your profound words with this thought. And I always say this, Sophia, if you see things that are happening to you or are given to you as a miracle rather than a burden, um, you will live a, a much lighter, much more beloved life. And I see so many women my age, I'm 78, um, talking about how old age sucks. No, no, no. We are not here by coincidence. We are walking miracles. We are here because we're meant to be here. Find your purpose. Find your enlightenment. Find your fire inside and go for it. And Sophia, I love your book. I so believe in it. And everybody will give all the information to how to find Sophia's book and buy it and where to find Sophia um, as we get off this podcast. So thank you so, so much for being here today. I could have talked to you for the next 10 hours, honestly. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young to Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove that we are all too young to be old.